welcome to Movie of the Year, the only podcast on the internet that decides exactly what is your single favorite movie of any given year. And this is the year that is, of course, 2020. I cannot do this by myself, so I, of course, invited Mike. Yes, hello. I'm very excited to be here. Very ready to finally put the last nail in the coffin of 2020. Mike, you are here for jokes. Make me laugh in the next three seconds. You did it again, you son of a bitch. <laughs> also with me is Greg. Greg I, is here. I am literally with you, Ryan. I, I am sitting beside you. You know, in many ways, people will say that 2020 ended today. This is the final day of 2020. Because a lot of people think about me and Greg sitting to sitting next yeah. to each other every day yeah. of every life. But today Ima- is the first day in like 15 months. Imagine those old decrepit nutsack Muppets not <laughs> sitting together and just roasting everybody. On Zoom. <laughs> oh, yeah. <that's> so sad. <laughs> One of them just artifacting. <laughs> no. uh, the two of you make up Moody, movie of the year. Mm-hmm. We do but- make it up. What if we had a different podcast thrown onto here? I am going to, because I do not trust the two of you to fucking actually pick out the best movie of 2020. I'm going to invite an entire other podcast on. You have actually heard their voices before throughout the course of the season of 2020. But I think they should go and talk right now. But I am going to talk to, nope. I'm going to talk to Kate because she has less Thousand Island on her face. Kate, (laughs) welcome to the show. Yeah, I might. Hello, Ryan. When I uh, clapped. Uh, some cheese and sauce and tomato fell out onto my <laughs> microphone. So I'm... Yeah. I can see it. Yeah. I'm struggling just a little bit. That's as old as podcasting. And it's really... Tom, I beg you, I beg you, just the left corner of your mouth. No. Please wipe it. No. LeBron James has his pregame uh, talcum explosion. <laughs> Tompkins explodes a hamburger. I, I clap a hamburger between my... <laughs> Cheeks? That's yep. the porn I like. Yeah. yeah. That's what it means to clap Kate. them cheeks, right? <laughs> Kate, what the, Kate, what the fuck is MILF? MILF, Movies I'd Like to Fix, is the best podcast on the market right now. Yeah. That's what it is, Whoa. Ryan. And it's Whoa. really good, and it's really funny, and it's run by me and my friend Tomp. And um, yeah, we're pretty clever, and we're good friends, and uh, we fix movies. So And other um, stuff. Head on over there. How much burger eating at Thousand Island sploosh is there on milk? So much. I mean, not enough. Yeah. If you have to think about it. If you're asking the question, not enough. Yeah, you either well, haven't been close listening closely enough or we haven't been doing our We're, job. Yeah, we haven't been doing our job. Um, I do need to say something before we before we go forward. Okay. Yeah. Is this going to be a deep personal revelation? You don't have to answer that. I didn't watch... As many movies as I was any supposed to. Any of these to. movies. Okay. What the I didn't shit? watch as many movies as I was supposed to. I had so many technical difficulties this week that I spent hours every day doing that. Um, well, we'll, we'll so, figure this out at the break, off air. Well, well, this is what I'll say. This is what I'll say is that in fear of Ryan's rage, I did bring with me today legal representation, my Tom Siglieri, Daniel Tompkins. Yes, hello. Daniel Tompkins. I'm here to represent Kate. <laughs> okay, that's good. And then Tompkins also represent yourself. Um, I'm going to start with you. Do you. 2020 has sort of a reputation of a shit year uh, because of the okay, pandemic, maybe. because of like okay, kind of yeah. weak movies. Yeah. Do you, I'm going to start with you? Do you <laughs> think that it, like, it doesn't really yeah. hold up? 
<laughs> Wait, I missed. Uh, can you run the last? I got distracted by your. I think because we interrupted you, Ryan, that we didn't hear what you said. So I'm going to stop talking now. Maybe you can sort of uh, begin saying what you were saying. Okay, Greg, I'm going to start talking now, and then I okay, expect cool. you to start talking. Well, no, there's okay. there's so much Zoom delay between you and Greg, so it makes sense that he would interrupt <laughs> you there. All right, Mike, I'm going to you, bud, and I appreciate you. Uh, do you think 2020 was a lesser year, or do you think that it held up compared to other years that we've done in the past? It held the heck up, Ryan. Anytime somebody says this was a bad year for movies, they haven't seen enough movies. Literally every year, good for movies, man. People just keep cranking out great movies every year. Movies are is like the uh, it's it's like uh, the same as SNL cast, right? You always think that this yes. is bad, and then whenever you grew up was good. That's why I think the year Monster Squad came out, best year for movies, only gone downhill since then. I'm going to go around in a circle, and I'm gonna, we're each going to pick one movie to be on next year's SNL cast, starting with you, Mike. What 2020 movie would kill at SNL? I think Color Out of Space has the weirdness okay. uh, and the boldness to replace... Who's the weird guy there? Mikey Day? Mikey Day, or the other one that looks like Mikey Day. Kate, what 2020 movie are you taking to SNL? Um, I'm going to take Promising Young Woman uh, because <laughs> we need more white women uh, represented on that show. Yeah, <laughs> definitely do. Topkins, which uh, 2020 movie? Um, I just finished Googling 2020 movies. I'm going to say <laughs> The Man in the Hat. <laughs> the Curious George spinoff. And Greg, what is the SNL? What, what 2020 movie do you think should be an SNL character? I'm going to go with musical guest Lovers Rock. Oh, Lovers Rock. Yeah. That's a classic. Uh, let me go through the awards real quick. Now, this was a different year because we had eight extra episodes than we normally do. Um, so nominated for zero awards this year was Color Out of a Shape. <laughs> Color Out of Shape. Me and Mike and Nate from... Nate Dog. From A Vague Idea. From A Vague Idea. Uh, we did Color Out of a Shape. Color Out of Shape. It was nominated for zero awards. Uh, Bad Boys for Life, Emma, Mank, and The Way Back were nominated for one each. Those are different movies. Those are all different movies. Yes, that would be an awesome movie. <laughs> yeah, it would be. Not, not the team all-star movie starring all of them. <laughs> no Bad Land and Soul were nominated for three. Lovers Rock and Minnery were nominated for four. Sound of Metal were, was nominated for five. And then four movies were nominated for six awards. Defy Bloods, First Cow, I'm Thinking of Ending Things, Never Rarely, Sometimes, Always, and Promising Young Woman. That's actually five movies. Is 2020 the year that makes four movies into five movies? Yeah, because we <laughs> earned it, man. I think because of Lovers Rock was just a little bit of a movie. Yeah. I think you yeah. keep adding that on to additional movies yeah. and it, it increases it. Well, time was just so weird this year. Time so, was weird. You know, four or five, it all kind of blurs together it went backwards days, for months. Me. <laughs> oh, buddy. A Benjamin Button. Yeah, you got a hell say of where, a way ahead of you. Just start wearing masks right now. I know you don't know what that means yet, but do it. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. When we come back, the first battle of the night. Your first battle is your number one seed, Nomadland, versus your number nine seed, uh, seed Defy Bloods. Nomadland got here by beating first in the first round, Malcolm and Marie. Mm. Anybody? Oh, that that was that uh, yeah. movie, mm -hmm. that all made in pandemic movie with the, the, the those kids. In the second round, it beat American right. Utopia. <laughs> Oh, oh, shit. And that that would have been a crazy movie to have to talk people about. People were really repping for American Utopia. Yes. I, I mean, I think that we fought it off because it was a documentary and we didn't know how to talk about it. And yeah. So, but it's scared. actually a better movie. It would be harder to talk about than a documentary because documentaries still have like plots where 
American Utopia is talk about this stage show with very little of a plot. Mm-hmm. It goes up against mm-hmm. the Five Bloods, which in the first round beat Enola Holmes, and then in the second round beat Birds of Prey. A tough loss for <laughs> Mike and Greg. Yeah, that was rough. <laughs> yeah, we love it. But Enola in many Holmes ways, in the Five Bloods is the superior movie, Ryan. I think even Mike and I can admit that, right, Mike? Yeah. Nomadland has already been crowned the movie of the year by people less important than us. That's typically a knock mm-hmm. against it. It's going against a direct uh, movie directed by Pop Filter Hall of Famer Spike Lee, which doesn't look great for it. I want to start with the person on the show who has the most complicated relationship with Spike Lee. Tompkins, where did you land with Defy Bloods? I liked Defy Bloods more than I liked uh, Black Klansmen. But I've been continuing to dig into old Spike Lee movies, which I truly love now, and I'm trying not mm-hmm. to hold that against new Spike Lee. Uh, the 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 main thing I kept thinking while I was watching Defy Bloods is that we, you and I, Ryan, talked semi recently about how voiceover gets. Um, a bad rap as being a filmmaker's crutch when really uh, flashbacks should be uh, the one with a, a a target on its head. Um, and every time it did a flashback, I was really thinking about that because I think those like really slowed the movie down without adding much to me and putting those old old men in that young face. Uh, but we're hot off uh, the Irishman of like CGI. Oh, I could I could do some work with Joe Pesci's face. I can make him look seventeen. Uh, did this not? Did this work worse than that? What a beautiful seventeen! <laughs> he is never not, he's never not yeah. been gorgeous in the flower of his youth. Good looking um, man. He aged. I, so I honestly i i don't I don't actually care that much about the makeup, even though there were definitely some scenes where I was like, mm, "That's an old guy." Uh, but old guy, oh, old, old guy, guy, I see him. That's an old guy. You're not going to trick me. You know, with, for me, <laughs> spotted, I spy. For me, Defy Blood, the, the biggest strike against it was I, I felt like it made a point of questioning. And this is just classic Spike Lee because he's doing this, I think, to incite us. And so, the, but then I'm reacting to it, which is he makes a point of sort of like calling to task American adventurism in Vietnam and then makes that the backdrop against his action movie. And so to see these guys who are supposed to be like suffering from PTSD, yeah. once again, shooting up people in Vietnam, that's a complicated yeah. feel for me, I, I have to say. Like that, that was, especially my father being a Vietnam vet, suffering from PTSD as a result. And I like, have a dad too. It's just, it, that's a lot. But like, I mean, don't you think that's sort of awesome though, that like you have to take this complication with the, uh, like, these these action heroes that we that we think of in our mind, they also are going through these awful, awful, awful things. And I have to say, I have I think my dad would would watch it, and he would think that like, yeah, like if me and my bros had to like roll back to Vietnam and fire stuff up, like we could if we had to <laughs> fuck that shit up. And so I I think and does that make you Jonathan Majors then, Greg? Would you go with that? No, I, it makes me Jonathan Majors. There's in the so many of things the movie. that makes Greg Jonathan Majors. <laughs> oh, let's man. be honest. Ha- Those arms. How, how cool would that be if I were Jonathan Majors, you guys? Nah, I wouldn't be the same person though. But yeah, I think you know it's 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 a provocation, and and I think that he is meaning to be provocative, and so it's not like a slight against it. Yeah, it's Spike Lee. Yeah, so it's called Spike Lee. Yeah, it's, it's if it was a lesser director, if it was your Brett Ratner, somebody who's not gross but is just not as good of a director, uh, who did it, we'd be like, oh, you you copped out at the end and just went full action. But because it's Spike Lee and his whole 
career were like, oh man, what am I supposed to think now? Even though at that point in the movie, the movie the, has the stopped asking these questions. I, oh, this is, it, it's, his career makes you. The feeling I often get watching more recent Spike Lee movies is like, surely this isn't a cop-out because he's a good movie director. But if I've been asking myself that for quite a long time, it may also be possible that this is a director who is coasting on their reputation and is copping out seemingly a lot. And it's hard to say. (laughs) (laughs) Don't, Don't tear up. The thing that the thing that I was thinking with Defy Bloods ending, which is a really hard ending for me, is is he has he just lost it, or is this like sort of an adaptation thing, like in the movie adaptation, mm-hmm. where you know what, fucking fuckers, I'll give you the ending that you actually want. I want to get to No Bed Land, or the producer does that same move. Yeah, or just yeah. like here's the notes that you have to say. No, is anybody like, you know what, fuck No Land. That was actually is anybody on that stage a little. Right now? Yeah, I, I mean, I wouldn't say fuck no man's land, but fuck I would no say, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, no Madland. Um, I would say that. Remember I don't, in Wonder Woman, I don't know. Francis McDormand did something all and, that exceptional. I think that it's beautiful, but and, go ahead, Tom. Is it beautiful? In Wonder Woman, when they're like, "You can't go out there. That's no man's land." Remember that. And she's yeah. like, no. actually, I have, a, <laughs> I have boobies. <laughs> she's like, and she's like, I am yeah. your man. Right? <laughs> so that's fucking, that's my territory. Oh, so that was an homage when McDormand yeah. said, I am nomad. And yeah. then went where they said she yeah. couldn't go. I try, I try to teach all people younger than me as like a, a, a form of motivation to just say, to look at any form of danger or challenge and just be like, bup, bup, I have boobies. <laughs> and that will get them through whatever they're about to go through. I ha- I have to say like the Amazon thing was something that I complained about on the show, but I don't think it's as wait hold on. It- I yeah, thought we should so- talk about one. <laughs> it's about an Amazonian type woman uh-huh. that works at Amazon. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. It's I thought a natural segue, uh, <laughs> but it, if we're looking for complaints about Nomadland, that would certainly be one of them. But ultimately, I don't think it rises to the rank of in any way disqualifying because I don't think it's dis. Yeah. It's not actively dishonest about amazon i just think it's kind of maybe slightly dishonest by omission but but yeah I, the fact that they didn't engage was what was so i would argue though that, that the stuff with amazon <laughs> is just the most obvious thing of what feels like it's missing from the movie as a whole is that it starts to feel a little bit like suffering porn because it's focused on how difficult these people's lives can be but it has no consideration whatsoever for why their lives are like that there's no oh i disagree with that i disagree with that. i think it shows that the ultimate the ultimate freedom of just like existing within nature swanky seeing all those swallows coming out of, of the nest like even shots of just um and knowing that she's like gonna have like a really cool death because she's gonna go out and not be in a hospital <laughs> yeah. but like see that stuff my my uncle died of cancer and he went out fucking hard and it sucked and it's yeah. traumatized everybody in my family because it sucked and Swanky didn't go out that way because she wasn't a part of like this culture that says that that's what you have to do. Like she got her freedom, but, and so I, I think it does make the case that 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 is something that they get true freedom, right? But and and in the interviews, I think none none of the characters say, and I know my life is hard because of capitalism. But in the <laughs> interviews, 
it's in all of their when people are like, oh, here's why I'm on the road. Uh, it's all there. So the director at no point goes and see America, but like I think it yeah, is throughout I think, their dialogue. I, I definitely feel like um, labor in general is a huge part of that, a huge part, a theme throughout that movie. I mean, even thinking, I, I one of my favorite scenes is the is the potato farming and the you know when when you just see all of that. It, it there's so much invisible labor, and that's such a 2020 thing to say, but. There is there there are so many, so many parts and hardships of of being an American that we turn away turn away from, and I think that I, I think that that movie did a really good job of that actually. But on the flip side, Defy Bloods has fun. But on the flip side, Defy Bloods fun is annoying. So yeah. I have to yeah. bring it to a vote right <laughs> now. Uh, Mike, what are we doing? These are, if you'd asked me a week ago, I think my answer would be different. These are the movies that the more I think about the Five Bloods, the more it grows in my esteem. And the more I think about Nomadland, the more I think it's still a great movie. But the more I'm just like, yeah. So i surprising myself and voting for the Five Bloods to move on. Hmm. Kate? Um, I think I'm, I think I'm, that's, Mike, you just, you, you messed with my head oh, there. Oh, don't because, let him do that. Uh, I well yeah okay yes. so all the I'm people go... to let mess with your head it's really <laughs> <laughs> well his is just so big um, oh. it's just that he shaved his I, beard I, I'm it's true um, no I think I think of those two movies the one that made me feel like the director's like composition was more aware and less coasting I think we can go with Nomadland Tompkins five blood I I wish we had some more time to sit on this because. Uh, the thing Mike said, I also feel, but I, it's hard to tell if Nomadland will like kind of rebound for me and settle. Like I liked it a lot at first, and now it has kind of a bad aftertaste to me. And maybe there will be a pleasant after aftertaste, as there sometimes is. Whereas, yeah, oh that vomity burp, a nice a nice burpy. That's a really good point, though. But like, what is more hurtful yeah. to your soul? Is it Nomadland's aftertaste or Defy Blood's aftertaste? You know, uh, Nomadland mm-hmm. hurt hurt my soul more. Defy Blood's, I expected that type of aftertaste. Like I kind of knew what I was going into. Nomadland, I'm also kind of reacting to. I like I I think the rule of if it won the Oscar, it must be worse than we're thinking. Does apply here? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. Greg. Yeah, I don't think it's going to stay in the zeitgeist no. in a way. Go ahead. What do you think, Greg? Uh, I Neither my, my complaints about either one of these movies, neither one makes it disqualifying. Just based on which I think is the better movie, I'm going to give it to Nomadland. I think there's more depth of emotion and thought and more film craft in it. You stupid idiots. It's two to two. I'm going to uh, I, uh, I'm gonna go with Spike Lee. Uh, Defy Bloods ah. as a ninth seed moves on into Whoa. the final four. Wow. Cool. That's cool. Because I, I, was, I was going to be swayed. So I'm happy that that, that gives <laughs> us something to talk about. All right. People go into the hospital today. Next up. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> well, <laughs> Tompkins, we just picked Defy Bloods over Nomadland. Do you know how many people are fainting in Good. the streets? <laughs> <laughs> I knew we shouldn't have simulcasted <laughs> this. We also have to <laughs> We also have to give out the movies for 2020. And the first one is Best Supporting Actress. Uh the first one, Mike, the first nominee from I'm Thinking of Anything. It's Tony Collette. 
Tony Collette is if if she's not fully in the Meryl Streep Frances McDormand point of people should then they're fools. Mm. Uh, she is amazing in everything she does. She always brings a weirdness mm-hmm. uh, without being bitty or hacky. There's just something so Collette that she does, mm. and the uneasy. This was a horror movie so often throughout. Yeah. I'm thinking of anything, and it was because of stuff. Uh, her and David Thewlis was doing. And, uh, it's not that hard. Yeah. Thewlis. Yeah, it's quite a simple last name. It's two syllables. Thewlis. I'm so, the Britishness of it all. <laughs> it's like the Thames. But we're not here to talk about him yet. Uh, yeah, so Tony Collette crushed it, man. Mm. Your next nominee is Talia Ryder from Never, Maybe, Sometimes, Always. And I think that it really boils down to uh, I have to make sure to reach my hand out while she's getting kissed on this pole, or while I'm getting kissed on this pole, and just make sure that my cousin's hand is there. Uh, Talia Ryder, uh, it's a pretty good last name. Like she, she does sort of ride or die with everything that this uh, cousin <laughs> does, but uh, she never gets like the the big moment that the her mm-hmm. co-star has. But is an incredible supporting actress. You're not your next nominee. Kate is from Mank. It's Amanda Seyfried. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I think she is the the bright point uh, in in every way in that movie. Um, it it completely changed the way that I see that actress. And I mean, there was there were honestly so many great performances this year from supporting actresses. I think that this is one of the more competitive categories of the year. I agree. Um, yeah, I think that I think this was a hard choice. Um, but she brought Greg said this once um, when we during the the Mank episode that that I guessed it on, and it's she not only like brought herself to the stage, she revitalized Marion Davies in a way that is unimaginable. Like like she 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 suffused so much life into that character, and um, like there's a chance that that movie because of Amanda Seyfried. Hollywood history will be forever changed. Yeah. And we, that's exactly what I mean. We don't is think that of her like that anymore. Yeah. This she she rewrote that character and you can't do that without being an incredible actress delivering an incredible performance. Um and and honestly just like the movie is so visually beautiful and I think she is in every way, the most effervescent part of that beauty. Um, and she has such a, a sense of humor. I, I, I think she was the best part of that film. And I, I think it's I think it's the best performance of the year. Man- almost. Mank is not eligible to win the award. And it's barely nominated for anything. Yeah. And I think that as time goes by, we're going to feel okay with that. Tompkins, the next nominee <laughs> is Charlene Swanky from the movie Nomadland. And I will remind you, for Best Supporting Actress... Um, and this would be posthumous, right? Because she dies in the movie. Dies of cancer. Yes. Dies of cancer of the rocks. Real, real farewell situation. Uh, I, I think this is a great, especially that this is a one of your classic, not a, not a professional actress, right? Kind of deals. Um, mm-hmm. especially given that, I think, yeah, that's that's dope. Um, it did not come to like the top of my head for you know who was the the best supporting actress this year but um i want to i want to 
Would you say it's one of the most appropriate last names to carry? Oh in? yeah. If it if that's the award. She feels swanky, right? Oh yeah. She's she's swanky as fuck. <laughs> um Yeah, talk about great last names. Yeah, she's she's number one with a bullet for great last names. For best uh supporting actress, I want to see her place like at least, you know, top seven, maybe even top five. I'm not necessarily expecting a win though. And Greg, the final nominee is Yu Jung Yoon from from Minari, who actually did win the Oscar. Yeah, should she also win the Moody? This is the grandma. This is the grandma from Minari. Yeah, uh, as I said on that show, you know, I didn't know uh, either of my grandmas, and so I am constantly looking for like grandmother characters or grandfather characters. I don't know any of my grandparents, so uh, and she is, I think, the type of grandma I would have had, which is. Like, not just always making cookies and always, like, doing the right thing, but an agent of chaos. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> h- how many belief systems have, like, chaos as a generative construction? And that's really what she is. And the actress nails it. The whole, like, the first time you watch that movie, the whole first hour, you're trying to figure out, like, who is yeah. this lady? <laughs> like, wh- <laughs> what's her deal? Is she crazy? Is she kind of evil? Is she Why really does cool? She love does she know wrestling the is the water fake? that comes from the mountain so much? <laughs> <laughs> and that's another thing man we are both mountain dew folks yeah. me and grandma so yeah i honestly though i was blown away all by this i want to do and is i think this... take the grandma from minari out to taco bell and show her some baja blast yes oh my god grandma <laughs> this is the water from baja <laughs> <laughs> All right, and your winner is it's Talia Ryder from Never Maybe Sometimes oh, yeah. Always. Mm. Mm. What a yeah. a subtle and powerful performance. Yes. Um mm-hmm. this is a movie where like your performances aren't maybe going to get a lot of room. You're just going to have to be like acting as reacting is the reality of this movie and she does a really good job with that. <laughs> this is one of the few movies that shows like, oh, you're my cousin and I'll die for you. I'll do whatever you want. Like I will uh, I'm always there for you. Also, sometimes you're annoying, <laughs> yeah. and you will see that on my face. They don't like each other. Also, it's not a you saying, Greg, you saying acting is reacting, I think, is really, really fascinating within the context of that story of two young women respond. I mean, that's the whole thing, is, is responding to circumstance and responding to ec- the, the reflexivity or the reaction element of being a young woman um, handling that uh, in navigating that world, I think is exactly like the ethos of that movie. Yeah. Um, and I think that she, in that way, really does, I mean, manifest the themes in every way. One um, she, slight yeah, misstep here is that I almost feel like New York City was a supporting actress in this movie. Don't try to fix <laughs> your Tom, We're not fixing movies. Your Tom, that's not what for, we do uh, here. <laughs> best supporting actor, Kate. We're starting with you. It's uh, Chadwick okay, Boseman well, from Defy Bloods. Um, I mean, a part of me, I, I love, I just love him. And I thought that when I see Chadwick on screen, I can never look away. And, and I, I think that there is, I think there was a sentimentality to my choice. Um, and I'll acknowledge that, but, um, I thought he delivered an incredibly like powerful character um in a in a in, in a world of powerful characters you know um it took it took a special element to stand out i think he really did i i loved him tompkins the next nominee is bo burnham from promising young woman he yeah he killed 
killed this. Again, like not not the mm-hmm. uh type of performance that usually gets to win um an award like this, yeah. although that's that's what's great about mm-hmm. the Modis. But he he runs the gamut. He 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 nails the meat cute. Um he he is he has the Bo Burnham charm, and then when you need to uh, turn on the character, he makes that very easy for you. I also I I gotta say, and this is a little bit meta. Uh, he does not care that like, oh, is my outside persona gonna be hurt by playing mm-hmm. this role? You know, like yeah. I love how he dove in and just did it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mike, your next nominee. Here we go, Mike. It's Alan S. Kim from Minery. This little this kid, little bitch. this little David, <laughs> this David, little shit David. motherfucker. Da- David, David stole all of our hearts. He's he's the best part of an amazing movie. And and to be this talented, that young, you know Hollywood's gonna fuck him up. Mm. But we're not talking about that right now. We're talking about Did how much his, his, we're uh, never gonna uh, talk about that. We're just gonna pretend like that doesn't <laughs> even exist, and we're just gonna enjoy the movies. He accepted uh, the SAC award at home. Did you see this, uh-huh. Mike? Can you tell? Can you describe the video? <laughs> we're is it when uh, he's in a little suit? Little suit yes, no shoes, and no socks. Oh. Disgusting, but go ahead. Little suit, no shoes, no socks. Classic kid, and he starts tearing up. Oh no, he breaks and, down. And and yeah, oh, it, oh, and oh, he oh. just breaks down. And it is if if somebody else did it, and when Sally Field did it, you roll your eyes because you're, like, <laughs> you're an adult. Chill out. Uh, but the fact that this little eight year old boy is is so overwhelmed and and. Mm. And being deservedly recognized, I, I feel like he he gets comedy at that young age. He he knows how to put gravitas in his moments, and he I think he has to be a little yeah. pissant. Like David when, feels too real, and so I think Alan David put a lot said, of himself in there. It's not called a penis; it's called a ding dong. I was like, yes, yes, <laughs> that is I felt yes! such a talking stroke. <laughs> Finally, someone says it. Greg, the next nominee is Jonathan Majors from Defy Bloods. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I think that his is like actually the, the best performance in this movie because walking that line of kind of being like Libby, be like weak-wristed kid to like a And really... just trying to control five baby girls. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and But then at the same time, does it in kind of like a skeevy way, but because he thinks like the, that, the love language of that group of people is like, like trying to like... Uh, you know, con each other. And so that's a nuanced performance. And that's something that Jonathan Major is always really good at. I, I think he kind of steals the show or the movie, excuse me, the film. <laughs> I'm going to go back to Greg <laughs> for this next one. The next nominee is Paul Racy from Sound of Metal. Hell yeah, dude. Paul Racy. Mm. Uh, this was, this movie was, the Sound of Metal was supposed to be Riz Ahmed's like, Tour de Force acting performance, and it totally... Instead, Riz Ahmed was a piece of shit. In <laughs> and movie. he's really good. No, he's very good in it, obviously, but Paul Racy just comes in, and he's like, check it. And the subtle and caring performance of someone who obviously has a lot of heart, but because he works with addicts, has to have extremely tough boundaries, uh, that's a complex web of, of human feelings, and he pulls it off in such a way that, like, you can, you can tell he's in touch with how devastating it is to have a, a life that includes addiction in it also if you, if you want to be an actor sometimes in scenes i have a ponytail sometimes i take the thing out and then i, do, I just yeah. have long hair yeah like, that's that, range it's impressive that's very good yeah i think that that's something that a lot of actors won't change their hair but paul racy will 
and I think that's important. Your final nominee right. is from I'm thinking of ending things is David Thewlis, who uh, I would just say is a Wolverine who learned how to speak English the entire time. He's a slobbering, perverted, <laughs> fucked up uncle. I don't know what else to tell like say about him. Yeah, uh, he's from obviously he starred in the movie Thewlis. <laughs> 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 the, oh, the yeah, Emma remix? Starring Mike Tyson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and your winner is, oh my goodness, it's Paul Racy yeah! from Sound of Metal. Mm. How could it not be, folks? Boom. Yeah. Nobody else even knew they were in a Racy, so he just took it away. And on that little mic bit, that little <laughs> tiny mic bit, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, it's the next round of movies. Hey guys, thank you so much for listening so far. And let me just tell you that everything ahead of this commercial is much better than what came before it. That's my guarantee. While I have you here, let me tell you about a website. It's called yourpopfilter.com. And it's everything you need that's related to Pop Filter. Everything Mike, everything Ryan, everything Greg, everything Cassie, everything is there at yourpopfilter.com. While you're there, go to yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon. Make that your new Amazon bookmark and do your shopping from there. That way we get a little piece of the action and Amazon doesn't. Make sure you're also listening to everything that Pop Filter has to offer, which includes the Superhero Show Show, a podcast that covers every single TV show that's based on a comic book or comic book property, and Movie of the Year, where we sit down and try and figure out what is the single greatest movie of any given year. That's Superhero Show Show, that's Movie of the Year, and that's YourPopFilter.com. Rate, subscribe, review, bye! Round one, battle two is the fifth seed, Lover's Rock, versus the 13th seed, Promising Young Woman. Now, Lover's Rock beat Emma in the first round, and then Palm Springs. Promising Young Woman beat Borat 2, and Dick Johnson is dead. (laughs) And now we're here. Okay, just because one seemed to have a harder battle getting here than the other doesn't necessarily (laughs) mean (laughs) that one maybe doesn't deserve to be here because I think Promising Young Woman definitely does deserve to be talked about and I'd say mostly talked about right now. (laughs) Okay, Promising Young Woman started as the award season, uh, started the award season feeling like the most important movie, most timely movie, but as quarantine went on, did Lovers Rock, Kate... Mm. Start to actually feel like 2020's 2020est movie. 2020est movie is a complicated thing. <laughs> um, is it Godzilla vs. Kong? Ah, <laughs> uh, exactly. Uh, guys, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, not uh, that complicated. Na- uh, hey, honey, man vs. nature. You heard of viruses yet? Hey, Tom, close your ears. You don't know what's coming down the pipe. <laughs> um no, I I really like Lovers Rock. One, I like a tight short movie. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, and this let me I like them tight. And boy did they deliver. I also love McQueen. Like I mean, I I think he's so yeah. beautiful and so artful. Um and you know, 1980s West London and the and the house party, they, like it was just so fun. It was such a bright, beautiful thing that also had all of this. I didn't realize this violence. was a Lightning McQueen movie. 
Yes, this yeah, is actually racing. part of the Cars universe. Uh, I did but listen not to the Pixar. Soul episode of Moody. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, my favorite Pixar movie, Airplanes. Um, <laughs> That's a good one. That's one of the good ones. Pixar really... It's one of the good ones. They were flying high with that one. <laughs> I cannot wait to interview um, all the kids coming out of Cars 4, colon, Small Axe, colon, <laughs> Lover's Rock, and just see what they thought. <laughs> cars for colon? Okay. one 800 um yeah i thought it was i thought it was beautiful and and uh transportive and so it was cool in a 2020 way it was cool that there was something like magically removed about it while simultaneously uh very much saturated with i the ills of this world i i thought it was great i didn't realize this at the time but you saying that kate made me realize that Watching that movie, it's about a bunch of people getting right up on each other at a party. And unlike <laughs> every other movie I've seen in the past year and a half, I didn't spend the whole time going, that's way too close. That's way too close. I, I should not that be. That is so true. And, and that's the music, right? The music is like uh, intoxicating. Yeah. So you don't even think about There's that shit. There is no way you can get COVID with that banging around in the background. No, not and, with Mercury As a period sound. piece. Yeah. I think that's uh, Tompkins. I think that what you just said is so so true and like deserves to really breathe for a second because yeah, everyone. I remember. Up. <laughs> well, I just I remember when we on Christmas Eve were watching, uh, um, it's a wonderful life, and like I yeah. could not get comfortable with them being inside of the same room. I was so <laughs> hyper aware. I remember asking you like. When do you think we're going to be able to like be together singing "All Lane Zion"? You're like eh, ten years, and I was like, "Really?" And you're like, "No, Kate, <laughs> <laughs> never but, again." You know, that's a very crystallized memory, and that was a huge part of the year was becoming so hypersensitive to that. And it really speaks to how transportive that movie was. Like, Let, yeah, that's a good point. Let's go to Mike. Mike, uh, promising yes. young woman is always going to be super 2020 for a lot of reasons, but uh, does it stand a chance here? No, I think it could move on versus some other movies, but Lovers Rock not only tackles some of the same topics that Promising Young Woman does. This is where Promising Young Woman's narrow focus, I think, does it a disservice because Lovers Rock did the same thing and then so much more uh, in seventy minutes and was transportive in a way. No like, matter what, like that runtime is going to. <laughs> yeah. Now everyone's like, so it's going to win because it's short. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Lo- in- Lover's Rock is, it's hard to find anything to even try to pick apart. Whereas right. I, mm-hmm. I, I do feel like the ending of Promising yeah. Young Woman was a, a pretty Left decent up. sized flub. Yeah. Tompkins yeah. hates seeing white guys get comeuppances. So he didn't like exactly. the ending of Promising Young Woman. <laughs> yeah. It's not fair. <laughs> Why can't he just have his wedding? Well, there, there is. That's his special day. What about all the promising young men? For that, <laughs> that is the problem with that movie, right? Is that when you throw it back onto the like judicial system to come in and save everybody mm-hmm. by yeah. Yeah. Ar- arresting the bad yeah. guys? It, it the feels cops like coming in and and persecuting the white guy, and it's justice. It, it, it felt like so. Yeah, yeah. see, Kate's be- on my side. Bash will be on his honeymoon in a week. <laughs> exactly. But to say, I mean, to say that um, that Lovers Rock engages with more of life, Mike, the one th- thing I'd say about that is Promising a Woman is about how some people can't move on from. Right. So, like, of course, mm-hmm. the movie's going to be 
you know, singularly obsessed. And it still then does take time to be funny, um, to be beautiful, both in shot and like costume design uh, and to, you know, shift mood and tone in a lot of ways. So I, I think that it has less narrow focus, except for where that's sort of like the point of it. In, in a way, Lover's Rock, it's almost a strike against it that there's sort of, I think, the, a near sexual assault or a sexual assault. And then the movie kind of moves on without digesting it totally fully. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, mean, I don't this think is that's the worst matchup, on. right? Like, this is the worst matchup for what you're saying, Greg, is that yeah. uh, any, a movie might be able to beat it because Lover's Rock doesn't handle its sexual assaults perfectly, except for this or, movie. Or I, mean, I, I don't think it doesn't handle it doesn't handle it the way you want. But it handles it, I think... As a party realistically. would go. Yeah. But, and, uh, yeah, but, I think it handles it the way that that character handles it, which is just, this is something I deal with so constantly that is horrific as it is, it's just kind of one little blip, almost an annoyance uh, as the party goes on. You know, I mean, like, may- like... Maybe the most unrealistic part about Lover's Rock is that she has to find, a, you know, like a broken glass bottle to threaten instead of just have one in her purse like because of how used to she probably is at every party someone is getting sexually assaulted yeah this is the 80s are you fucking kidding me like but i mean if this is humans are you fucking kidding me yeah that's better (laughs) yeah well i just i i feel very sure that I don't know. Don't you guys find the 80s particularly rapey and gross? I do. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, because yeah, cause Revenge of the Nerds came out, and it's like, wasn't it a great bit that one of our heroes raped somebody? So, no, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. Like, maybe yeah. it's at least more accepted. Look at, look, at the, look at the legal system of the time. I mean, uh, honestly, the way rape was handled, even when it was rape like where somebody breaks into a house and then rapes a woman, was basically handled almost as if it was like a property crime. It was like, yeah, we'll look into it, but, you know, we don't really get these guys. Good luck, lady. We'll lock your windows yeah. tighter. Also, marital rape became a crime in like the late 70s like it was just that wasn't a thing that you could it did not exist yeah marital rape did not exist uh yeah fuck (laughs) see guys honestly seems like a bad culture well as people yeah it seems like a bad culture yeah i'm feeling bad about humanity i guess but good about movies good about movies right (laughs) yeah they sure can capture why I should feel bad. (laughs) 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 I'm going to bring it to a vote. I do think that these are two movies that uh, are just very, very, like really stand out. Like you will never Mm -hmm. forget them for all of their flaws, whether it be that like they don't treat things perfectly or they're far too short because all movies should be three and a half hours. (laughs) Uh, Like these are two wildly different movies. Greg. Lovers rock or promising young woman. And when we point out the flaws in movies, it's not to say that they are totally discredited by those flaws. It's just to point out what they are because we're trying to distinguish between great movies. Each one of these matchups is trying to distinguish between great movies. And so you find the flaws because the flaws are what's going to separate the great from the greatest. And I I will say both of these movies were like my favorites. Uh, So, but honestly, for me, (laughs) I'm going to go with lovers rock. Kate, lovers rock or promising young woman. Lovers rock, baby. 80 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. Uh, Mike? I, yeah, I showed my cards in the first 30 seconds of this matchup. Uh, I loved Promising Young Woman, but I think Lovers Rock is near unimpeachable. Tompkins? Yeah. I'm going Lovers Rock, but I do got to say, I think me and Kate could get in there and cut a solid 15, 20 minutes out of that baby and just really tighten it up. 
Yeah. Just put it down. Put, yeah, put a, yeah. Put MILF on the put case. Rock, put we can MILF put that in case. in under an hour for sure. We can do, I mean, we can do 21 plus commercials. You, that, should, <laughs> you should do that. You should do that on your show. Do Lover's Rock. Is that a film yeah, how to I'd make like Lover's to mix Rock up? shorter. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> fix it up. Now you got your fans <laughs> salivating for it. They're going to demand it. Yeah. Lover's Rock <laughs> does move on. Uh, we have to give out an award now. It's character you'd most like to hang out with. And Kate, I do have to let you know that Swanky was not nominated. And I would just oh. like to give you this time to talk about why, like, did you want to hang out with Swanky? I, well, I mean, okay, so this is what I'd say is that Tompkins brought up a good point in terms of her nomination within the supporting actress realm. She was incredible, but that's a different type of thing to see a person be a person and do it so convincingly on screen. Um, yeah. I would want to get to know Swanky. I'd want to talk to her. I'd want to ask her about that. I mean, I, I, I. She, she's so three dimensional that I mean, because she's she's Fat? a real human being in a lot of ways. Oh, that like, no. plus it, you know, it's clear yeah, that I'd like based on who Kate, who Kate spends her time with, she likes hanging out with just much older geriatric fucks. So that makes <laughs> yeah, sense. True. Yeah. Oh boy, you based have on no everybody idea. who's on this show, who and Kate. are constantly. <laughs> kind of like trying to tease out their suicide plans to you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Christ. <laughs> but you know, the, yeah, I know exactly how I'm going to do it. <sighs> I didn't I didn't want to vote for Swanky very high myself because I thought, you know, do you really want to hang out with Swanky? Because uh, one of the times when Fern goes over to her trailer, she's like, I was I had the pirate flag out. That means leave me alone. And I just yeah. got afraid like what what if Swanky didn't want to chill? Then that would feel a bad. lot of the people in these movies are kind of bummers. Yeah, dude, straight up. All right, yeah. your first your first nominee for a character that you would <laughs> most want to hang out with is Dez from Soul. That is the barber, and oh, yeah. I found this guy awesome because mm-hmm. he is always doing a good job at like uh, I'm going to keep you talking as a barber. But when um, a white person takes over the black person's body, Dez falls in <laughs> love with them, which is I think yeah. what Soul is about. And mm-hmm. uh, th- uh, they're like, oh, did you not want to hear me talk about jazz? And Dez just very gently says, no, man, no one wants to hear you talk about jazz. <laughs> but, uh, but I did it, and I did it for a really long time. Peace out. <laughs> and that's the person I want to sort of hang out with. Yeah. If you don't like listening to jazz, then there's no way oh you want to hear somebody talk about the jazz. The only thing worse than jazz. Yeah, is listening to someone talk about it. So, I, but, someone who loves it talking to you about it. <laughs> I actually might go the opposite way. There's such, like I think there's it's it's sort of similar to like pro wrestling. I think it's very fascinating to listen to people who are really into pro wrestling talk about it and they get into the behind the scenes stuff and it totally makes sense why they love it. And if they talk about it really well, you can almost forget what the actual product is. I understand, but like much like jazz, eventually they will start singing how jazz sounds and wrestling <laughs> fans will eventually, eventually wrestling fans will tap their elbow and that elbow is going right to your nose. And oh, that's yeah. ready. You got to watch out. Kate, the next nominee for a person you most want to hang out with is Gail from Promising Young Woman. You know, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I really love Laverne Cox, but I don't think I want to hang out with Gail. I don't like that she's even considering the fact that it's okay to have sex on her counter. I don't think (laughs) that um, her asking about Bo Burnham killing children is particularly charming. Um, (laughs) I think that we're, uh, you know, she's not, she's not going to win. 
No, I'm saying no. <laughs> okay. Sorry, Laverne. No. Greg, the next nominee is Mr. Woodhouse from Emma. Oh, my gosh. Uh, see, ever since I have seen Emma, I have really been attending to the chill drafts in my own house. Uh, <laughs> and I have to say, it's 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 all Bill and I the uh, effect. And, and, and yeah. there are a lot of chill drafts in my house. And But luckily, using a series of screens, I've been able to sort of <laughs> Do you guys have that thing off. where you're, like, you're sitting in your chair and you're like, there. Yeah, dude. There. It's coming. It's right there. It oh, comes that's in. it. That's it. it com- see, the, the that's thing the is- draft that killed my wife. It, com- it comes in under the door and it goes right into the lungs and then it sets in. Tompkins, stop putting your wives right in front of that. <laughs> yeah, get draft. a screen, man. <laughs> Mike, the next nominee for character you most like to hang out with is that cow from First Cow. Now, how much <laughs> how much of this are you basing on Cookie hanging out with that cow, or would you do things differently? I yeah, I'd go on some roller coasters with that cow. We'd probably I thought you were gonna say safaris, and I was so excited. To- <laughs> yeah, go to roller coaster, go to safari, maybe the Jungle Cruise to start off and be like, those are other animals. They're not as cool. By the way, yeah. I am sorry about your husband and your baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the cow's just so sweet and handsome. Mm-hmm. I swear to she God. really is. If this fucking cow wins, I feel like it says a lot about us. Tompkins, the final nominee <laughs> is a different cow. It's that Tulsi Town cow from I'm Thinking of Ending Things. I voted very highly for the Tulsi Town cow, but looking back, I was thinking about the first, first cow, 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 cow. I, yeah. I didn't confuse them, but it was absolutely drafting off of yeah. first cow. Twenty twenty is a big chill cow draft. year. Yeah, <laughs> as, chill, as chill as possible. And your winner is it's the cow from yes. first cow. Yes. 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 She's so beautiful. You know the fact that yeah. she could be a survivor. You know she survives her husband. She survives her child. She survives into that territory where no cow has ever gone before. But she has a peace Space. and a beauty about her mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. that that yeah. tran- that transcendence it's not a it's not like a mistake the movie's called first cow that transcendence is the transcendence of cookie as well and she embodies yeah. it she really does i'm not you saying know, that first cow is going a, i'm not saying the first I, cow is going to win the whole thing but there's a scene where the cow sees cookie and the cow's like what is oh yep. yeah. <laughs> yeah. shut up cow shut up cow shut up cow it'll be okay you it's, know i think actually a very parallel performance i think amanda seafried to make as first I cow agree. is to, first cow mm. All just big eyes and beautiful lashes. Beautiful big eyes who so kind of fuckable. like ground the humanity and like lighten the movie. Trying to and make it with yeah. like some weird maniacal yeah, older man exactly. possessive of you. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back, the next award. Hola, Felterinos. I just wanted to interrupt real briefly and say thank you for listening. Thank you for your support. If you want to support us a little more directly, you can go to patreon.com slash yourpopfilter. There, depending on what tier you pick, $1 a month, $5 a month. If you're crazy, anything more than $5 a month, don't do that. You can get extra content. There's extra shows, extra series, uh, behind-the-scenes stuff. Uh, you could pay for ryan to draw you a picture Uh, i can write you a poem you can get the shirts off our very own backs all of that and so much more over at patreon.com slash your pop filter while you're on the internet you should check out shady monk he does all the tunes you've been listening to he's on bandcamp he's on spotify uh soundcloud wherever kids get their music these days that i'm too old to know shady monk lives there uh you can probably follow him on twitter and instagram as well that's shady monk wherever you get music Check him out. All right. 
All right. So that cow, just one character that we would most like to hang out with. That's a big win for first cow. I don't know. Like, is Greg, it the do you first think that presents, win? Uh, uh, a big night for first cow. I think this portends great things for first cow. I, I think this is just well. the beginning. Uh, of the accolades that we are going to heap upon this cow and some of her friends. Spoiler mm. alert. Unfortunately, we have to move on to a new battle. And Mike, Shit. this is for you. This is a question for you. Soul is the second seed. <laughs> <laughs> it beat the documentary collective. And then it beat Sound of Metal. Jesus. Hey, we were so young. We hadn't watched Soul yet. Yeah, no. Uh. Or collective. Uh. The thing it's up against is never, rarely, sometimes, always, which beat the Hamilton Disney Plus movie and then the Invisible Man. Mike, as The Last of Us comes to never, rarely, sometimes, always, you were the last person to watch this movie, right? I was. I played The Last of Us and watched Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always at the same time. Does <laughs> Soul stand a chance here? No. I So I think we should spend the next eight minutes probably talking about Soul because I know for a biblical and judicial fact, we'll be talking about Never Rarely, Sometimes Always later. <laughs> Honestly, ladies and gentlemen, drive to Vegas. Bet on Never Rarely, Sometimes Always winning this. No problem. Yeah. It is. In this is an upset. <laughs> Soul should have not beat Sound of Metal. Yeah. <laughs> that is a fact. <laughs> yeah. We, again, I, we, we hadn't seen Soul yet, so we were just like a Pixar cartoon, and it's supposed to be great. I have to say, I actually, I had seen it. I hadn't oh, seen Sound of Trump. Metal, but I had seen Soul. Mm. Uh, and um, Soul came out the same day uh, as Jesus was born. And, uh, and same, one Wonder Woman. Okay, so imagine you're Greg, right? You're celebrating one, the birth of Jesus, and you're reeling from the other, uh, the death of Wonder Woman. And then you see Soul, and you're just like, I'm just so glad this isn't Wonder Woman <laughs> 1984. And then you think it's really good. And you haven't even seen Sound of Metal, so you don't know about Paul Racy. Right, that is. Uh, I, I gotta say that, like, that's how me and my wife watch Soul. Is like not Wonder Woman, yeah. not Wonder Woman, and that makes the movie a lot better. Like, like Wonder Woman just came back on HBO Max. They they texted me about it. It's like it's okay, guys, don't worry. But uh, like when I saw it, when I saw that text, like, hey, Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four is back. I instantly thought of Soul, and I was like, that's that's a good movie. Soul to <laughs> me was a, a very good movie being heckled by a very bad movie uh, on and off throughout. I was so into the jazz stuff. I liked that story. And then every time it did the metaphysical stuff, I was like, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. You don't know what any of this means. There's no way to know that this is actually how it happens. I mean... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, they were guessing, right, about that afterlife stuff? Absolutely. Talking out there... Ass. That's not that's okay. not how you're supposed to review those movies. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't watching Ratatouille and you're I'm not like no, rats can't well, do that. I, you know, that's how that's bad. how my dad watches ev- that is how my dad oh, watches God. every single movie. I swear to God, he's like <laughs> my look, dad. Look at that look at that guy holding his luggage. You can tell it's empty. Yeah. Because it's so look out my, my mom. animated movies. <laughs> my mom made my dad suffer through the first episode of Bridgerton, and he just kept saying, "This isn't. This is not how it works." He's black. <laughs> That's not how. That is not That's how you finger bang how... a debutante. Okay, that is not how it's gentle done. and hook your finger a little. Yeah. Oh my gosh! If you're not, if you're not tapping Pinky the top, out, like you're drinking a wine glass. What's the deal? <laughs> Come on. 
No, I, you know, I, I think that Soul was surprising. You guys kind of touched on this on your Mooty episode about it, but um, how incredibly Mooty. beautiful. Yeah, I said it correctly. Mooty, right? Mooty, yeah, yeah, that's how you guys, yes, with the Mooty, and um, that the New York City scenes were the most beautiful, were more whimsical in a lot of ways, Mm. and um, and yeah, but how about this shit? Movies get New York scenes the real way. The never, rarely, sometimes, always way. Yeah. I'm just disgusting no. fucking yeah. See, <laughs> Between yeah. those two movies, one made me want to move back to New York and one reminded me everything I loathed yeah. about New York. The, the, best part, the best part of Soul for me was the idea of sign spinners being like interdimensional mystics <laughs> yeah. who are like in the zone. And not just borderline homeless people. <laughs> yeah. The only thing that could have like made that better was if they were... Plane. If they were dressed like the Statue of Liberty, that would have really nailed yeah, the that reality of the yeah. side spinner. That's New York, baby. New York strong. <laughs> New York. <laughs> Man, My movie... favorite part of Soul is that I watched it with Kate and we disliked it the exact same amount and it made Aww. me feel good about what us a having good a friendship moment. <laughs> <laughs> nah, friends rule. That's beautiful. I, I think, Tom Kinsey, I think you nailed it because I think there are great, funny, beautiful moments of Soul. And then there's like whoever made Ice Age level other parts of Soul. <laughs> like it's a Pixar movie. Well, God, I, I don't Age. think I don't think you can gracefully like get halfway through making a movie and then be like, we're gonna tack on another premise to this and not have it feel like, whoa, that's just a completely different movie that you kind of glued to this one, guys. Especially when it's compared to borderline documentary of Never Really, Sometimes Always. Yeah. Like, how, like, uh, how do you compare the two? It's very unfair. Impossible. And I, 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 do, I do think there's Pixar movies that could go up against movies like yeah, Never planes. Really. Yeah, Planes, for instance. <laughs> or Planes 2. <laughs> or Planes, you know what? Planes, planes 2, three. Scam's Adventure. Planes 2, Scam's Adventure. Okay, planes yes. 3, Back That's to Cars. for you and your dad. Was my personal favorite. <laughs> Where it's planes driving cars. <laughs> Uh, but not in this case. No. Soul. Okay. Does anybody have I, anything else to say about Soul? No, I think we could do this yeah, Liz I remember, Cheney style and just all yell out. <laughs> I remember Get watching with Kate and texting at her at a certain point because I kind of knew the general premise. I knew that at a certain point, Tina Fey, who, by the way, the little like snot soul creature that she plays, zero cultural staying power, will God. not be remembered two months from now. I have Are amnesia that, over that character and performance. The tattoo oh. on my back was a mistake? Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> and if you look, it's probably gone. <laughs> That's yeah, Mike really staked out that part of his body for. <laughs> you say what revolution? <laughs> oh shit! What a good memory. You even got yeah. what was fucked up, right? But but <laughs> I uh, so funny, Mike. <laughs> I knew that at a certain point we had to like get to like the actual body switch part, and I just remember watching like the time scroll on the bottom get further and further along, and having like almost a panic attack about how awful I knew the plotting <laughs> was going to wind up being. Yeah. yeah. Like, God, Tina just Fey, knowing why <laughs> we are this far in, and you are like just now starting to transition to the second act. Yeah, yeah you got to pee in the same fountain, minute ten tops, and then you switch <laughs> bodies. <laughs> All right, Mike, uh, big fan of that one Jason Bateman Ryan Reynolds movie. What is it called? I think it's called The Fountain. Were they both <laughs> the, the, the Fountain Fountainhead? Head. I think it's The Fountainhead. It's The Fountainhead. No, that's by the Aronofsky. Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> Mike, lover of Atlas Shrugged. Is it John that Ron? one or the other one? It's the other one. It's never, rarely, sometimes, always, definitely, maybe. Also, Ryan Reynolds joint. 
Kate can we slot never... this in just a minute before? Just I just want to say the Fountainhead <laughs> is about um, they switch bodies because they're sixty nining in a fountain. <laughs> that is good. Yeah, we'll add slot that, that up, in man. seamlessly. Yeah, we'll um, just yeah just slide it back a few minutes. <laughs> Just Kate, slide do you, it in. Do you want to add some '80s mix to what Tompkins just said? Where like the, it's father and son. No, we have five and people in this 16... podcast. I say no to self. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> no to self. Tompkins never rarely or self. Never rarely. Greg. Oh, never rarely for sure. And never rarely moves on. A movie that dares to ask, "What if you had to spend overnight?" in manhattan and you didn't have anywhere to stay like what a nightmare would that be if you i just slept had on the be... street on 110th of manhattan one night i saved tompkins Fact. from sleeping on that same corner one night Fact. Really? yeah i oh dragged his drunk ass across town tompkins. Yeah. as he threw his walton keys across and said no leave me <laughs> <laughs> i'm sorry ryan move on and that's why I they're both specifically gang remember gang having to promise you I would go to therapy before you would leave me in my bathtub. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. <laughs> now, you know what? Soul moves on. Uh, we're going to move on to the award called Biggest Shithead. And I'm going to take my headphones off right after I tell Greg that Terry from Soul was not nominated. Oh my good! I was driving down here, and it's been a while since I have have driven more than five miles away from my house. And I passed a street that I forgot even existed on my way here. And the name of that street, ladies and gentlemen, I can tell you right now, was Terry. Ugh. And I saw oh. it, and I was like, "Fuck you, Terry!" <laughs> Fuck and you. And I love Rachel House. I love yes. her. Oh yeah, but that character yeah. sucked and made no sense. It's like it, it. I guess what it's saying is like. Even like the worst people have a place in our society, and we have to figure out how to accommodate them. To which I just say, no. Like, somebody has. Yeah, somebody has to stop and say, Terry, you fucking suck. See, Terry, go to hell. And you're ruining everything. A person, and sometimes you have to say, hey, Tom, I mean, Terry, you can be on our (laughs) show. So I think it's okay to welcome. Hello, Freud. You got an idea? (laughs) Your skirt has hitched up, and we have seen your slip. (laughs) I think, unfortunately for Greg, there was too many people who tried to rape other people. Yeah, the rapist really had the year. Yeah, Terry could not make it. Uh, Rapists are having a moment. Yeah, what up, Matt Gates? Greg, your first. What up, Matt Gates? I'm on a podcast. Yeah, honestly, Matt, you fucking suck. But thank you for listening. (laughs) Shrug. <laughs> he is yeah. one of your biggest patrons. Yeah, what can we say? Obviously, don't do the dirty, but like, thanks for listening. <laughs> Greg, the first nominee is Bammy from Lovers Rock. Yeah, so like the the parade starts here. Um, you get such a bad feeling from the way this guy just approaches women in general and i think what this movie does is it builds a continuum between sort of gentle or almost like what has been in the past humorously constructed a male harassment of women like just like hey you passed me on the bus so i'm gonna hoot at you and bammy shows us that there is this link between that behavior and then actual sexual Mm -hmm. assault and and the whole movie establishes that link very effectively but he's the shithead that helps us like literalize that mm. yeah Kate, when you the next first... num- oh, no it's all right i'm talking too much it's fine <laughs> <Too> much. <laughs> that's all right that's all right tompkins go ahead 
Well, I just, when you first see Bammy, you're like, this guy might be really cool. And then, like, five minutes later, you're like, this guy Wouldn't might be, be cool. He he is incredibly cool. uncool. <laughs> oh, wait. Different, different take. And that's what being a man that's what being a man often is like. You yeah. sidle up next to a cool dude and you're talking and then suddenly he's like, "By the way, I'm one of the really bad ones." And you're like, "Okay. <laughs> I'll see you later." And I'm one of the scared sensitive ones because I think you're one of the yeah. really bad ones too. <laughs> oh, Your no. beard tells me that maybe you'll do bad things to people as well. <laughs> no, I just have a weak chin. See you later. <laughs> I just I just watched a movie last night called Together Together. Uh-huh. And there's no Bammies, but like Ed Helms, who's supposed to be this good guy, is also fucking terrible. Yeah. Like, oh, it's Ed Helms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, terrible. <laughs> uh, Kate, the next nominee is, of course, Joe from Promising Young Woman. Um, I mean, uh, you know how much I love that performance. I love Chris Powell. Ugh, I think he is awesome. Right, this is that. That's Joe, right? Yeah. And um, let's look it up. Couple, Hold on. There are about five There's, guys. Yeah, young it's woman hard. That on that list. <laughs> a yeah, lot of these. The year, remember when the Atlanta Hawks got like Player of the Week all together? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it should have just been the promising young men from Promising Young Woman mm-hmm. share this role. Mm-hmm. That's true. This is Mike. Max Greenfield. He's Joe. He that's burnt Joe. a woman. <laughs> you what's, the, corpse, what's the Chris Kate? Powell na- one? Al? Al. Oh, Joe. Okay. Yeah. No. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Let's go back to, let's go to Joe. Yeah. He sucked. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the, he, I mean, he, he's the one that like gently holds, um, what's his name after like the yeah. rape and, no, and, it, him. and tells is, him it's fine it and, and then knowing that people see him as schmidt and that holding that in his yeah heart. no yeah. <laughs> exactly um there are two things that make him a particularly shitty shithead and one of them <laughs> is max greenfield doing what he does so well which is being charismatic and likable and uh you know a guy that you kind of do see what's it, why douchiness can be fun sometimes, right? Like that's yeah. kind of his his yeah. whole thing. Um, but what what that character? I think I think there is actually is a case for him being the shittiest of the men inside of that movie because he is the enabler. He's the one who films the rape. He's the one mm-hmm. when he sees his friend has killed a woman, holds him, says it's not his fault, and helps her bear. It helps him bury yeah. her. Um, He's the one who, if you kill a woman. Hey, but don't worry about it. I got this. Yeah, I, I, I yeah. got this. I mean, yeah, there is, um, there is. I think that he was cast well in that because he there's a sliminess there that typically works in his favor because he has control over it. And this movie took that control away, and um, and I, I think that it was you. very convincing. He's they very intentionally, kind of like uh, Emerald Fennel, very intentionally cast like. Our faves, right? Uh, like she... Adam Brody, Greg <laughs> from the OC. Yeah, I think so. And so that because the whole point of that movie is like, hey, men, don't look at other types of men and be like, those are the problems. You're the fucking problem. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! <laughs> it just landed. <laughs> oh, Mike. The oh next, no. The next somebody for biggest shithead. Wait, is these not... guys are bad. <laughs> is what Ryan? It's not Adam Brody. It's Neil. Which I believe is McLovin. Neil is McLovin. Why? Why I think he made it so far? Because I do think every male character in Promising a Woman was originally on this list. Neil is uh, 
even if there was no sexual assault involved, he would be on this list. He's that kind of shithead. He wants you to, I, I like to think of him as uh, sexual assault aside, he's a Kate type. He's going to let you know how much he knows about movies. He's going to talk about it a lot. <laughs> he's going to try to tell you how to plot something. He's going to pitch the movie while he's trying All to fuck Kates you. All Kates are one sexual assault away from being a Neil. Yes, no, that's, that's the, the God's honest truth. <laughs> and, uh, and, or, and by experience, 20. 20 times. <laughs> <laughs> and we talked about how... Uh, Christopher Mintz Platts, out of all the very natural performances everybody bought in, he seemed like the one who was like, I'm doing a character. He's the one we're afraid actually is like these yeah. kinds of guys. Yeah. Uh, His in performance this cast. is sus as hell. <laughs> like, the, fa- the fact that like you could bring in Bo Burnham and he's just like, no, I know what I'll do. I'll make them, I'll get them to fall in love with me and then it'll be revealed that I'm just as bad and then like that'll hurt so much. Mm-hmm. But obviously, Mick Levin was like, Oh, I don't even know what this guy would be like. So uh, yeah. I don't know. Is this what they like? Don't, don't, don't. David Foster Wallace, novel too gritty. Tompkins, let's uh, get away from promising a woman real quick and talk about Ted from Never, Rarely, Sometimes, Always. Oh God, I I think Ted is a ringer. I think Ted uh, is like if. if all of the shitty guys from Promising Young Women like got in their uh, Power Rangers animals and made a giant <laughs> robot. The giant robot would be Ted. So he's the bad TV to their SNL. Yes. <laughs> is it because he also just refuses to not invite people to his show in Brooklyn? Is that is that what makes Ted suck so much? It's because like the amount of uninterest that he will absolutely just plow through as this sort of violence against their just disinterest is like so offensive. And I, that's one of the things 2020 showed me that like, I don't understand the female experience as much as I, I, I think that I do because experiencing that in that movie was really eye opening for me. Like a guy just plowing through all of the, like, please don't please. Like, I don't want to give you my number. I don't want to, I don't want you to confirm that my number is real. Yeah. but (laughs) And just like that sort of like, like constantly just eroding the the no until it like can't exist anymore because you've smothered it or mm-hmm. something like and and it's one it's, little move at a time understanding worse- exactly the social dynamic and preying upon it preying yeah. upon yeah. how she is expected to act and how she's comfortable acting and because she's yeah. afraid to i mean it's the the implication taking a woman on the boat kind of vibe yeah. you know yeah. yeah to 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 so adeptly weaponize someone's own just like very basic sense of politeness against yes. them and that is, is the tactic for a lot of the quote nice guys in the world right <laughs> like yeah to be one like, of the more insidious I, methods and in, the, in, i think it's directed really well his performance because i think you spend at least a good chunk of his first appearance thinking like well maybe he is a nice guy maybe he is just like you know like uh willing to you know, like put himself out there or whatever. And like, well, she didn't say no. Like I, it, it does a good job of getting you to buy into his logic of like, well, mm. she gave him his number and she, you know, like the kind of, uh, justification stuff people do when like a Aziz Ansari type event is, mm. uh, released mm. into the world. Um, I, I think it does a good job of like making you complicit in, his his way of thinking. And Aziz on sorry then... event is kind of like a spikely joint. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but like I do think that's a perfect way to put it because when we do other years, like let's say we do nineteen eighty eight biggest shithead, then sometimes it's like a clown who has dynamite for hair. 
And then another one will be like a unicorn who poops rainbows. And then th- in 2020, it's like men. The- those guys, those bakers, dozen of rapists. Hashtag yeah. yes, all men. And, and like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I put all the votes together for all these awards, and this was the closest one. Yeah, like there were so many 2020 characters fighting to get nominated for this award. Yeah, it was actually, crazy. I take back the best supporting actress being the tightest court category. This is absolutely that. This was the hardest one to to really pick. Yeah, there's only the losers. <laughs> only losers. <laughs> We have one more nominee. I want to shout it out real quick. It's the white guys from Lover's Rock. And <laughs> I really love how in Lover's Rock, it just focuses on the dance floor. And it lets you know in almost a video game style, like uh, there is that that border. Like they are there mm-hmm. and they're snarling. Yeah. And they're going to shoot out gorilla noises at you. But get back into the party or get back home. We're not gonna. We're not gonna even like give them a plot line. There's no yeah. way they're going to get a plot line. Mm. And if I we awesome. if we do pound for pound, biggest shithead, they they take it uh, easily. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they really efficiently use their screen yeah. time to so, let you oh. know. <laughs> we got ten seconds. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, I, I gotta let you know I'm bad in all the ways. <laughs> but your winner is. Joe from Promising Young yeah. Woman. It Fair. is Max Greenfield. The worst man. That Why feels you step around the bed? Right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's get, guys, let's do one more round real quick. Here we go. First cow versus I'm thinking of any things. First cow be oh. happiest season. Happiest season. Anybody watch that? Oh, that I Christmas did. Yeah. Movie? That's All the right. one with Emma Roberts and the Australian? No, no, no. That's the gay no. one. That's the gay one. This that's is the gay that's, Christmas that's movie, different right? One. Yeah. This is uh, Kristen Stewart and yeah, I uh, and it's got Dan Levy, David, right? Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh, I I actually thought it was pretty good. I was not. It, it, I was surprised by how like hard hitting and dramatic it was, but um, I think that that is is, is true to the experience of, of the the writers of the movie. But I I thought that it was fun. I also saw the movie Prom, and Happy Season was a trillion times better than Prom. Yeah. You but Meryl, I did. I watched prom. That's did funny. you watch all to all the boys I loved before three? No, I. Uh, but I went get into on prom that franchise. This time it's personal. I went into prom with my eyes wide <laughs> this open. Time it's personal. <laughs> I bet it beat Make, and I cannot believe that Make did not make the top eight. Knowing how fucking small dicked film nerdy you guys are, uh huh. Yeah, I fucking hated Make, dude. The I, more I've Mank, sat on it, Mank the Mank more sucked. I don't like it. Yep, I didn't like it at first, and it's. Just getting worse and worse in my memory. I'm Why? so close to finally like repressing it just as pure trauma. Wait, stop. Worse. What? Worse. Nope. Worse. Oh, it's <laughs> getting worse and worse. What what uh what are you guys responding to it that you you that you dislike so much? The lack of investigation, uh, the masturbatory, you know, literally yeah, daddy I, wrote this script. <laughs> yeah, I have I have a tip. Uh, for anyone out there who is trying to like help their father's legacy, if your dad has a screenplay sitting around in a dusty drawer, burn it. Yeah. Do not make that movie. If you want to help them, don't do it. I don't understand what was supposed to be compelling about Gary Oldman. Not his performance. The movie is beautiful. I love Amanda, obviously. But if we actually take a step back and we think about the movie... Why were we interested in what he did? And Can I tell what you was his arc? <laughs> really? Yeah. 
I know who is nominated for Best Actor for all of us, mm-hmm. and Gary Oldman is not among them. And yeah. I was like, cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You did a good job. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it goes up against I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which beat The Assistant, one of my favorite movies of the year, and then it beat really? Minery. Hmm. Interesting, right? We've talked about so many movies, I don't remember what the actual battle is. So it's Mank versus I'm Thinking of Ending Things? Is that what yeah. you're saying, right? First yeah. Cow versus First I'm Thinking of Anything. Cow. Uh, Greg, I'm going to start with you because I've heard you talk about both of these movies at points this year where it seemed like they were your number one. Mm-hmm. But there can only be one, Greg. What is your first gut instinct? First cow versus I'm thinking of ending things. I think the way in which I like I'm thinking of ending things is so different than the way in which I like first cow. What I like about I'm thinking of ending things is it was all so different and experimental. And it reminded me of reading uh, in that the the reality would kind of like flex in and out. Uh, and it there were times where it absolutely terrified me. Um, but first cow has this abiding sweetness and a beguiling simplicity i think that the uh, that it's easy to see it as a simple movie when it's actually like extremely complicated and it has really stuck with me on a deeper foundational level than i'm thinking of ending things has which blew me away because i was like oh my god this is all so experimental and, and new and and um different like and just so cool but first cow really like i felt it like merged with me or, or I with it. And I feel like a changed person having seen it. I think this is an incredible starting point because Kate has not watched. I'm thinking of many things mm-hmm. and will forever be burnt in our soul. Yeah, but for, I know. <laughs> for Mike and Tompkins, what do you guys sort of like more? Do you guys like to sit down and like, Oh my God, my brain, I'm watching my Kaufman. Oh, or I'm Kaufman here. I'm, I'm Kaufman <laughs> here. I'm Kaufman here. Or just hey. to like sort of lean back and let the slowness just Kaufman like. Kaufman's in New York. I like when they milk the body. cow. <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's a dairy boy and he'll always be a dairy thing. boy. It, it, it's hard. Like, this, I was hoping, cards revealed, I was hoping this was the last battle. I didn't want to do this this early yeah. on in the night. Um, and it's. Oh, really? Yeah. It's. I'm used to Charlie Kaufman shit at this point, and I love it's so up my butt. And Kelly Reichardt, I've heard about, <laughs> but only seen apparently her worst movie. Uh, and so it's like, well, I know your moves, so they don't work on me, but I'm blown away by how they still work on me. And I'm learning your moves right now for mm. Kelly Reichardt. It's, I don't want to do it, Tompkins. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, for the first cow. They milk the cow so good. <laughs> okay. And they don't milk the cow <laughs> in. Uh, I think of ending things at all. No, which is a huge also, misstep. And it's weird; they're doing a lot of weird <laughs> stuff in that one. You know, the, the the oddest thing about I'm thinking of ending things is it seems in so many ways a very obscure movie, mm-hmm. but I feel like everybody everybody understands intrinsically what's going on in it, even though it's like so crazy and what's going on is so unusual. Right, and I think that that that's a feat of filmmaking that you could. The movie does not have a twist that surprises you. It has a twist that reveals itself to I, you. Yeah, I, I think even if you don't know what's going on literally, which, come on, it's it's all in his head. It's just the one thing. Uh, emotionally, you know what's going on is the destruction of this relationship. And even in his fantasy, it's bunk. And <laughs> it's, it's for, I think, of the best actors working today just thrown into a play mode, but a play that has so much more visual 
so many times when plays get turned into movies, it's you can tell, and in a bad way. August Osage County, great cast. It's a play turned into a movie. It's yeah. fine. It's not great. But this is not Everyone a play always, that's always everybody's yeah. go-to of like, yeah, that <laughs> one's bullshit, right? Yeah. Because it is. Actually, it, do, it does stick out. Mike, I'm, I'm coming to your defense. Thank you. I think that was a uh, great example. And this feels like a play turned into a movie, but somebody who also knows that. So it's the what makes plays work is how you snappy dialogue and how you get character movement and how movies work is visually fuck with everybody. And it melds those I two was, forms well. I've known Ryan for a very long time. We were 19 and we went to go see the movie. I think it's called State in Maine, uh-huh. a David Mamet movie. And we so walked out happened? of that movie. Yeah. Uh, Alec Baldwin. There's a car accident. He goes. So that happened, which is so funny in the movie. But we walked out <laughs> of that movie, and that Ryan turned to me. <laughs> yep. Ryan turned to me and said, "You know, when Mamet learns that he can make a movie and not just film a play, then he'll really be a good director." And I thought that was the smartest fucking thing I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life. <laughs> So I blame any movie that can't adequately stage itself that, as a movie. That was the night that Greg tattooed mascara around his eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that when the beauty of what Ryan said would really move me, my makeup would never run again. <laughs> I, okay, so I will interpret for Greg. I do think that uh, it's awesome that Charlie Kaufman's like, hey, watch it again. And then maybe it will open up for you. But First Cow is really like, I will open up for you yeah. no matter what. Yeah. I will open up. Just watch it again, and then it's just it's all there, and it's not like well, let me hide it. It's it's not nerdy. It's like uh, this to me. Like I can't believe that I'm voting against Kaufman, but this is easy for me. Hall of Famer Kaufman, right? A, yeah, I think yeah. So. Mm. something I do mm. want to throw out there is that every vote for First Cow is directly antagonizing Taylor. Oh yeah, uh, former host of Superhero Show Show Taylor. Hates first, first cow, cow is, is the true? only thing he's ever disliked. Was there not enough oh beer in it for him? I, I called him out <laughs> on it, and he was straight up like, "You know what, dude? How about this? Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you for thinking that you're smarter than me." Wow, America's sweetheart doesn't yeah, like no, America's it's, it's, sweetest it's really movie. Yeah, this is disturbing on so many levels. Now I want to, I want to make first cow the winner of 2020. But I'm calling a vote. <laughs> Tompkins, where are we going? First cow. Mikey? Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I didn't want to do this, but it's just I didn't want to do this yet. I, I will watch both over and over again, I'm sure. It's First Cow by so Second long. Cow! Greg? <laughs> Third Cow! You're out! That's a vote for First Cow. <laughs> That's a vote for First Cow. <laughs> but when, when eventually Second Cow and Third Cow, the, the sequels come out, I'll also be there. Hell yeah. The Cowverse. Second Cow, uh, Scamps Adventure. <laughs> Kate, I'm also voting for First Cow, but if, you're, if, if you are putting up First Cow against... Uh, generic movie that you have seen. Uh, let's say it, it stars Fievel. <laughs> I'm thinking of many things in your brain, but it stars Fievel. What are you picking? I, I mean, I bet that it was really good. I'm actually super disappointed I haven't watched it yet because I love a lot of those actors and I really like Hoffman. Um, but First Cow was one of my f- two favorite movies of the year. So, First Cow. How do you feel about Oklahoma, the state and the play? What about the musical? Good, good cows. That's the real question. The musical, the film the version musical, of the yes. Rodgers and Hammerstein uh, musical, filmed in AZ. Sorry, Arizona, uh, to those who don't know. With a fringe <laughs> on top. 
Right? We have got Killed our him. final four. I thought our final four is Defy Bloods, Lovers Rock, Never Rarely, Sometimes Always, and First Cow. Oh, I think this is where good. we thought it would be, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, a good, that's a good final good, four. Yeah, good four. Uh, we're going to take a break, and then next week we are going to break these four movies down into one and then give out the rest of the awards. My name is Ryan. Also, it's Greg, Mike, Kate, and Tompkins. Mm-hmm. Listen to Moody. Listen to Superhero Show. Listen to Mills. Bye. 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 Watch those movies. 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 Watch those movies!